This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. Today, I have on a very special guest from almost the other side of the world. She is in (laughs) Sweden, um, and we just figured out there's a five-hour time difference between us. And my guest today is Ingar Norden, who is an author, and she talks about self-discovery. So, Ingar, welcome to our program. And what got you into um, writing and wanting to talk about self-discovery? Well, that's a long story almost. No, it's not. (laughs) Actually, when I retired, I felt like, is this all there is? I know when I was working, I was in the middle of everything, you know, and I was kind of feeling, oh, I'm so pumped up and things. And then when I retired, I was like, what am I to do? And then uh, I actually went on a course or a, a, um, a kind of not a course, really. It was an event. And there they talked a lot about that you need, if you are to develop a business, which I thought I would, and you are to have self-development at the same time as business development. So personal development goes hand in hand with business development. And when I started this journey, it was like, oh, why didn't I do this before? It's crazy. (laughs) So actually, I, I then started going on a journey on several courses because I'm a constant learner. But I also started to think about what ha- am I and how can I do things? And to make a short story, long story short, I should say, <laughs> uh, when the pandemic came, I was just on the urge to have my first workshop. And then what should I do now? <laughs> so <laughs> We all said thought, that, right. Yeah. So I, I people didn't want to see me, even if I wanted to see everybody. Because I never, ever stopped seeing people during the whole pandemic. Because we had a really good one that we could still uh, meet people. So that is um, how it started. So I, instead of kind of, holding my workshops, I started writing a book and put together things like what had I done during all my trainings and all my life experience, if you like. You know, when I think about self-discovery, when Mm -hmm. we are young children, um, and let's even look at a toddler. A toddler is, is trying to figure out who they are and you know, how do I walk? How do I run? You know, how do I get that piece of candy? All these things. Mm-hmm. And they figure it out in some ways. Um, and family is usually very supportive, you know, of our journey as a young child. But then we get mm-hmm. a little bit older. And maybe once where you've started school, everybody starts asking us, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And <laughs> I'm not sure any of us have the right answer. Um because what I said back then didn't really happen. Um, 
and I'm not sure what if somebody would have asked me in my 20s, okay, you know, what is it you want to do before you retire? Um, mm. And I just plotted along, you know, I had jobs, I, I took courses, mm. but nothing, nothing had a vision for me. Um, I will agree that the pandemic sort of threw us all into a very strange situation and many of us decided hey now it's time to learn more do more share more because this is not the way i want to end my life i don't want to be stuck in my house and be more i would say as well not only share more be more right exactly and so many of us are sort of forced into retirement even before we're ready you know, um, I had just completed my master's degree and I wanted to do so much more with it. And here I was being pushed out the door. And I remember saying to my husband, now what? And he said, I don't know. I'm not you, which I thought <laughs> was a very good answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but almost like you, that's when I decided, well, I have things I'm thinking. I'm going to research them. I'm going to write about them. I'm going to put them out there to share with other people. And I don't know how many people actually read my blogs, did anything about them. But at the end of the day, I had purpose. And I think that's what I'm seeing in your writing and your books. That now you have a not the same purpose you had before, but a new purpose. Exactly. And I think that is, I mean, just finding your purpose is good, right? Just really doing that. And and because I've come up with now, I want to help midlife women step into their power financially, personally, and professionally without compromising their femininity. Because what did we do when we were working? Well, if you were to succeed, you had to be like a male in a way. You had to act and be like that, right? Or if you were feminine, they kind of had you, oh, you have to serve coffee or you have to do this. And if you were going somewhere with a guy, I had a friend of mine that was actually a really, really high up co um, boss. And when she was traveling abroad, people tended to see her as the secretary and, and it's kind wow. of that's not what we want right we want to have a purpose by ourselves we want to be I almost said self-sufficient but I didn't mean right like bad self right exactly exactly you know and I tell this story a lot when I was growing up um in the summer times we would sit out on our front porch and all the neighbors would talk to each other and i remember one night looking at my mom and i said see that house down at the end of the street and she goes yes i said someday i'm gonna get married i'm gonna have kids we're gonna live in that house and every friday night we'll come to your house for dinner and every sunday morning you can come to our house for brunch and she looked at me and she said, oh, honey, that would be lovely. <laughs> Three years later, 
not only did we move out of that house, we moved to a different state. Oh, and so that dream I had had already changed. Mm -hmm. um, and I was becoming a teenager. I didn't really think that's what I wanted either. Who wants mm. to live down the street from their mom? You know, when you're a teenager, mom is either your absolute best friend or you think she's your worst enemy. Mm. But I know growing up in the 50s and 60s, everybody was sort of dictating what I was going to be. Yeah. And I just swallowed it whole, like, okay, I guess mm. so. And then when I didn't turn out that way, I thought there was something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy the way people expect you to be in a certain way, right? Right. But you have to follow this thread alongside, and that is what you are to do. I mean, I've never been married. I've never had kids. And that is one of my sorrows, that I haven't got kids. But when you grow up, you were supposed to get married, have two kids, and uh, kind of also like some people said you were to be a housewife. But I was fortunate enough to have a mom that was working when I was young. And she was kind of all over the place. She did a lot of things. She was going through the uh, Europe after the World War on a motorbike. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, she did things. So it, they kind of support me, whatever I wanted to do. But still, I mean, I was this shy little girl, didn't want to do stand out and didn't want to be different than other one. So it, it's kind of everything from your childhood is kind of forming you, right? Exactly. Exactly. We don't realize how much we are influenced as young people that mm. when we get to a certain age we do follow that path because mm. nobody has explained to us that there is a fork in the road you don't have to always go straight you can go right you can go left it's okay to make a mistake but learn mm. from it um and i don't know yeah. about you having a very active mother, but I know my parents, if we made a mistake, um, it was like the worst thing we could have done. It's like, what well, you know how to do it right. And uh, a lot of times I would say, no, I don't. Well, didn't you see what we've done? Well, I don't know. And as a young child, maybe I didn't observe it in the same way. Mm. And I know when I had my boys, rather than trying to tell them that they had to do something a certain way, it was always, what is it you want to do? How mm. do you want to accomplish it? Um, and yeah, you're going to give them pointers along the way, but that doesn't mean that they can't still deviate from that. No, it's more like putting putting in front of them what they can do and then they can choose themselves right like alice in wonderland yeah if you don't if you don't know where you're going you don't need any directions to go there yeah so which was your first book that you wrote oh the power of you square 
create a power path of success, personally and professionally. And then I wrote a chapter in Tap Into Your Power. Uh, that's actually a Global Woman Club book, uh, 21 chapters where they are talking about how to empower women and everyone is talking about their different subjects. I actually wrote a chapter about the hidden bank of vulnerability. And that was the first time I ever talked about it with someone. <laughs> Not even my friends knew about it because we moved eight times when I was really a kid. And then I, I was also writing a um, chapter in Heartset. So a lot of people are writing books today. Mm -hmm. And it's not like it was 40, 50 years ago. Um, in some ways, writing is easier today and publishing is easier today um, if you just want to self-publish. Mm. But how do you get the word out? Hey, you know, I wrote this book and I think it's something that it's at least worth looking at reading a chapter or two because, how do you market it right yeah, yeah so did you have to do all the marketing yourself or yeah did i actually i actually did self-publish via amazon and i have to say frankly amazon is not paying you a lot but it was so satisfactory to kind of do it uh to have this released. So what I actually did was to set up a time frame. to, this is when I'm to release the book. Now I, I need to start marketing it and I need to have a release party, even if it's online and things. So that really worked out well. And also uh, I was going through uh, trainings with the black card books in Canada. And that helped a lot as well, because they took the structure and said, you need to think about this, this, and this, and this. And one so of the reasons I asked you to share something like that is um, I talk to a lot of coaches on a regular basis, mm -hmm. and uh, they're telling me they're in the middle of you know, putting a book together. And it's like, if I have interviewed 200 coaches in the past year, there's you probably can do 200 the book. books coming out you can, yeah but you can also write a book about it right exactly um <laughs> I've, I've thought about it but i'm not quite there yet but <laughs> it's, it's important for us to understand whether you're writing a book you are um a public speaker whether you do a podcast of course we all want to hit those large numbers that would be great the best thing is if we can hit one person at a time and help them out. And yeah. uh, I was asked- change, right? You yes. can implement in one person, right? Right, exactly. Um, it was an employer that I had many, many years ago. Um, and I only had him for a very short period of time probably four days. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was a single mom at the time. Um, just gone through a divorce, had to get a job. 
Uh, somebody referred me to him. He said that he needed what they called a simple bookkeeper. Now, math is not my strong point, but if I have a calculator, uh, I'm just fine. And um, I went and interviewed with him. And he said he liked my spunk. And he said, it's really easy. You know, you're going to put in this log what we're paying out and this log uh, what's coming in. Oh, mm -hmm. sounded very easy. So I did that for the first two days. Now, they were behind almost six months of logging. So I was oh. looking at receipts and everything else. But I got that part down. But then he asked me to start evaluating. And I sat there and I got a headache so bad. It was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What mm -hmm. do you want me to evaluate? And on the fourth day, I went in in tears and said, I have to quit. I am not smart enough to do this. Oh, and the, he looked at me and he goes, that's not true. Yeah, exactly. What you weren't smart enough about was to ask for the help. Yeah. He said, I saw you sitting there yesterday and you were moaning and groaning and pulling your hair out of your head. You didn't go to lunch. I don't think you even went to the bathroom in eight hours. Mm. He said, you had no idea what you were doing. Mm. I said, well, you're right. That's why I have to quit. Mm. He said, no, you don't. We can teach you. But I realized it wasn't something I wanted to do. That's and, what it was, right? And then he even asked me, is this a job that you want or did you just take it because you needed an income? Mm -hmm. I said, because I need an income. Mm. He said, I'll do you one better. We're going to sit down for a half hour. We're going to talk about the things that you like and don't like. Then I'm going to refer you to a couple of my colleagues. And I bet you you're going to get a job that you're not going to feel stupid doing. And, and he was right. He was absolutely right. And he said, but if you ever want to learn accounting and bookkeeping. Come back to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. I have to say one one thing as a kind of inter intermittent um, do you know that a lot of girls are really afraid of math in school and they continue their whole life to stay away from everything that has to do with figures and numbers so they don't even handle their own economy well i totally understand that because until that day uh i had been married uh my husband had done it all but now i was a single person my father had offered to take care of things for me. And he did for about a year or two until I realized, wait a second, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I have to do it because yeah. my dad's aging. He may not want to do it or he may not be mm -hmm. able to. Mm -hmm. But what I learned was figure out what you really like to do mm -hmm. and look for a job. It's not, it may not be the perfect job, but look for something that's going to give you a payback at the end of the day. And, you know, just talking to the accountant that day and going through it all, he finally um, referred me to a woman who had started her own cosmetic company mm -hmm. and she wanted to teach somebody 
about all the different cosmetics so that they could be the spokesperson in her store. Mm -hmm. And I loved it because my background was communications and I loved helping people. What a perfect job. I didn't make much money, but at the end of the day, I was happy. So is that what you're sort of talking about? The power of you, what you have to offer? Find your own power path, I would say. So find what you really want to do, not kind of listening to what other people say you should do. Step into your own power, right? So that is what I'm trying to help people with. I've done a lot of um, one-on-one coaching as well. And um, actually one lady I coached, she said, I can't speak on, on, on Zoom or online or whatever. And I had her to do a Facebook Live. And she was, I could do it. And now she's kind of starting a lot more in that area. Another one said, well, I feel like I'm not kind of allowed to talk. So mm-hmm. then I went, went through and, and actually got her to realize where that came from. And now she felt like, oh, I have to pay you a lot for this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of that reward you get from people finding what they really want to do and, and feeling released, if you like. That is what I love about it. Well, and, you know, sadly, before the pandemic and even going back maybe 10, 20 years, um, we all believe that the most important thing to do when you graduate high school is you're going to go to college and you're going mm-hmm. to identify your major, which is going to identify your career. And then you're going to go out and work the day after you graduate. And that may have been true in the seventies and eighties, but as the nineties rolled in, we had students going to college that within their first semester, they were changing their majors. And it was funny because they hadn't taken any of those major courses anyways. So you didn't have to do that. Mm. But they started changing and then realizing, hey, they have the freedom Mm. to become educated in a way that they're going to prosper, not their parents, not their grandparents or anybody Mm. else. Mm. And I saw it specifically with my youngest son's graduating class, graduated in 2008. And when he graduated, I, on senior night, you know, everybody was going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, you know, Mm. and as my son announced what he was going to be, he said, I can't give you the title, but it's going to be something in sports because that is his love and he just has so much in his head about it Mm. and that's what he did from day one and yeah there have been some hungry times in his his life since then (laughs) but he's gone through them right now Mm. he's in dallas texas a thousand miles away from us homesick as can be but loving his work absolutely Mm. loving it um you know what 
what a wonderful life that can be. Yeah. Actually, when I'm listening to you, it's the, the school system in Sweden is so different from the States because here people tend to kind of do like this in a more way. But still, there, it's ex expected that you should do this, this, and this. And also, I find it really strange because nowadays you need to have diplomas in everything to be able to kind of prosper in, in a trade or whatever. And that's crazy because it's still you. Exactly. I, I, and I remember I had one of my employees, he wanted me to kind of have... Uh, to be a um, referral for him. And this lady, she called me up and she said, oh, this guy, he doesn't have a university degree in this. Um, I said to her, I have two. I have a university in computer science and technology. And I also have a master's in, in science in, in um, economics. Am I better than he, he is then? And he got the job. <laughs> so. I mean, it's it's who you are, not what you have studied. What a great concept if we could get the world to to go along with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember a time um, my older brother, he struggled in school, struggled mm -hmm. in high school. His first couple of years um, at college were just disastrous for him. Um, but his wife-to-be at the time sat him down and said, what is it you're trying to do? What is it that you want to learn? Because she is an educator inside and out. And he said, I love teaching kids. She said, then plan for that. And he goes, yeah, but men don't teach in the public schools and this is back in the 60s and oh she said God. so why don't you be the first one yeah and he thought about it and it wasn't so much about him being the first one it was that someone in his life was acknowledging that hey if this is what you're going to be happy doing i'd rather come home Do to it. you being happy yeah. and he switched colleges, switched his degree. And before we knew it, here he was graduating. He got a job, which he absolutely loved. And then he decided to go on for his master's because now he knew he could do it. Um, yeah. But sometimes we need that little push from somebody else to yeah. acknowledge that we can do it. Yeah. yeah. So, And the support, I would say. Absolutely. Not only push, but the support to feel like you. I mean, the five people you are around most are having the most impact on you. So if you don't have the people that supports you around you, get out of there. Sorry you to are say, so but... right. <laughs> you are so right. Um, I left corporate America 10 years ago. They mm. basically pushed me out, and I'm glad that they did. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't have said that back then, but it gave me the opportunity to identify how I want to live my days. Mm. And I loved what I was doing in corporate mm. America, but I didn't mm. like the culture. And the culture, the longer I was there, it was telling me, hey, you're not doing it right. Mm. 
But then I'd say, but yes, I am successful at what mm -hmm. I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you need to do it this way. I won't be <laughs> successful. And neither will you because my success equaled your success. Um, and then I was told, you know, I was getting too old. I didn't know what I was doing and on mm -hmm. and on. And I, I left. Mm -hmm. And then when I started seeking other things that I could do, my world opened up. Yeah. Because when people say that, you are not doing it. They're pointing at you and one finger and three is pointing on themselves, right? <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about tap into your power because so many of us are so afraid to see what's inside that mm -hmm. uh, what if I don't like that? So mm -hmm. give us an example. Well, I can only speak from my own chapter, sure. if you like, because um, I went through a really troublesome time when I was 20. Um, I normally don't speak about that, but it's easy now that I've written about it. But I was raped mm. and I didn't even know it because I was out with a guy that I knew from before. I knew his mom. And we were at his mom's place and had, and obviously I probably I had too much to drink. I don't know, but I didn't realize that he slept with me, if you like. And I didn't realize for quite a while until I had to go to the doctor. I was not feeling well. And I went through this really a long time and it was really, really having an impact on me. Sure. Because I didn't know I was pregnant. And the doctor pumped me full with pills. So I had to have an abortion. And for me, that was the worst I could do because my, my grandma was religious. And you didn't do this. Right. First of all, you didn't go to bed with a guy before you were married. And that was my plan on life. No way I would do that. And then to be pregnant as well at the same time so this i kind of hit inside me for so many years so very very many years so it came to a point where i didn't trust anyone especially not guys i would say so at one point i was like if someone touched me i thought i was pregnant because i didn't remember anything but then I actually had um, a coach from the States and he, he, we were to talk about other things, but he said, what is that coming up? And he got me to sit with it and kind of be there and feel the pain, really feel it and really realize that I wouldn't have uh, this child in my life, right. not this time. And that made me kind of write the chapter if you like and and when I wrote the chapter I could see how much this had impacted my life and how much this would help other people if they wrote it read it I mean yep to kind of get rid of all those fears all those shames if you like absolutely because that that is what it is right because we are putting it on ourselves and I've also been able to say to other people, um, sit with it, just sit with it. 
feel the pain because otherwise you're building your your house on on, on a structure or a ground that is not even right and it will fall you know years ago we wouldn't have talked about it okay no. um last spring just about this time um my son shared something that had happened to him happened to him in high school um we had no idea but he hit it because he didn't want to believe it actually happened mm. and uh he was in the process of looking for a job out of state and that's how a lot of it came up he, you know he kept saying i'm afraid to move away am i going to be okay um are people going to like me and when we talked about it um i said you need to talk to somebody who can really help you mm -hmm. and after his scenario i have found with so many of the shows I do, so many of us have something that has happened to us earlier mm. in life mm. and we've buried it mm. because either we were afraid to tell our parents because they might blame us. Mm -hmm. We were afraid to tell other people because we felt ashamed that maybe we did deserve it. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that takes out all the color in your life. It turns mm. your life into shades of gray. And that's tough. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So you took your personal experience and said, hey, I'm going to sort of write about this mm. so other people will tap into themselves to take that burden off their shoulders. Yeah. And also realize that when you show your vulnerability, people tend to trust you better. They tend to try try to turn to you to get advices or things, right? So it's it's a two way street, if you like. Absolutely. So you have three great books there. How can my <laughs> listeners find them and find you so they can communicate with you? Oh, I have a link tree where they can kind of find me. Um, oh, I've forgotten the link. Can you put uh, yeah i have the yeah. link i'll get it through podmatch absolutely yeah and then uh, i also have um a website lifeamplification.com where they can find information of this and i hope to publish this interview there as well because i think it's important that people find other ways of not only contacting me but other people to to kind of see where can they hook into other people? Some people tend to like you more than they like me, or the opposite way around, because I, I firmly believe in cooperation, not competition. Because if we cooperate around the world, we females, we would be so powerful, right? Absolutely. And uh, I believe there will no be no war. <laughs> well, and that's that's one of the main reasons we do avoid the maze. Um, yeah. It's because we all have a story. Mm -hmm. And those little bits that we hear from each other is like that resonates something. Let me mm. let me listen to it again. Uh, I was in a group chat yesterday evening. Um, uh, and the people in the chat were 
we were talking about something that was very important to me, mm. but it was even more important to one of the other people in the group because they heard one little thing and it was like things were changing and you could see it in her mm. mannerisms in the group. And so I tell people, it's not about hanging out your dirty laundry for your neighbors to see. It's about sharing and helping not only yourself, but the people who you're talking with. Yeah. So I am and so- And also what you said before, this guy asked you, why didn't you ask for help? Yep. Because there are no stupid questions, only ones you haven't asked. Well, it was wonderful having you here. Uh, enjoy you. the rest of the day in Sweden. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to enjoy my day, even though I'm booked uh, end to end today. But I have beautiful sunshine out my window. And uh, I can... Here as well. <laughs> well, wonderful. See, the sun, you know, is shares itself with all of us. And I love that. Mm. Yeah. Again, have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.